Hey crew, welcome back. I have just finished up a six week trip within a trip. I was loving my time in Somaliland, but I thought I would venture out a little bit and see what some other East African nations had to offer. Did about 90% of the trip with my great mate Jez and we both had an absolute ball. So I thought why not put together a little three part series with each episode dedicated to one of the three countries that we travel to. I'm gonna put it out there and say that the goal of this episode is to inspire at least one person to travel to Africa. To do this, I had a bit of a think about the main criteria that I would want to tick off before traveling to a country, and I broke it down into three categories, cost, safety, experience. So at the end of the episode, I want to run through how each of these criteria applied to the three countries that we went to in hopes of providing a bit of a guideline for when all you lovely people start planning your next trip to Africa. Let's get it. country that we visited was Rwanda. So Rwanda was such an interesting country to explore. For a long time, the only association that I could make with Rwanda was sadly the Rwandan genocide. But we did a bit of digging and we started to hear some really cool things about the country, mainly around how safe it was and also how clean it was. So Jez and I were really keen to check these things out for ourselves. So we spent most of our time in Kigali, which is the capital city of Rwanda. And of the three countries that we went to, Rwanda and Kigali definitely had the most sort of non-African feel to it. Um, The streets are very residential looking and you sort of feel as though you're in the type of suburban America that you see in the movies. It's extremely clean and very well structured. There's street signs and street lights, which wasn't always the case in some of the other countries that we checked out. Um, Another thing that was quite noticeable about the streets of Rwanda was how hilly it was. So Jess and I did a fair bit of walking and we often found ourselves battling up some hills, which was tough, but um, on the flip side, we did get to witness some pretty gorgeous scenery when we would finally make it to the top. Um, The roads are really well developed, which is another thing that we picked up about Rwanda. Um, I say this because even though in Australia, road quality isn't often spoken about in Africa, it's definitely a factor just given that not all places have very nice roads. Um, But this definitely wasn't the case in Rwanda. The roads are really good. Um, The Rwandan people. So the Rwandan people, to me, were noticeably a lot calmer and relaxed. Um, Whereas in Kenya, you sometimes get some locals come up to you and hassle you. Um, the Rwandans sort of just let you do your thing. Uh, actually one time, I think this was on the first day we were in Kigali, we approached a Bada Bada driver and asked him to take us to a restaurant nearby. Um, I remember getting up Google Maps and showing him where the restaurant was on my phone and he sort of had a look at my phone. He crunched some numbers in his head and he calmly looked at us and said, sorry guys, I am not going to take you there. You're going to have to find someone else. And Jez and I were shocked because in Kenya and Uganda, any Bada Bada driver or Uber driver or cab driver would jump at any opportunity for a job. So the 
the fact that this guy, I don't know if he didn't need the money or if he just couldn't be bothered. But yeah, the fact that this little Rwanda man just didn't want to take this job offer was quite quite shocking to us. But um, it was also quite refreshing just given that it was so rare to find in, in the rest of East Africa. Um, so yeah, shout out to that guy. Uh, one of the must-do things whilst you're in Rwanda is checking out the Genocide Memorial, which is obviously dedicated to the Rwandan Genocide. If you don't know much about the Rwandan Genocide, I'm going to give you a high-level rundown of what happened. And my apologies in advance. I'm probably not the best person to give an explanation, but I'm definitely willing to give it a go. So in Rwanda, there are two tribal groups. The Hutus, who make up 85% of the population, and the Tutsis, who make up the remaining 15. And Rwanda was colonized by first the Germans and then the Belgians. And whilst the Belgians were in rule, um, they made it their mission to cause as much division between the Hutus and Tutsis as possible. Because I guess a nation that is divided is a nation that is easier to control. Um, to cause the division, the the Belgians would push the narrative that the of the two tribal groups that the Tutsis were the superior race, and therefore they were heavily favoured in society. So the Tutsis were put in political positions of power. They were given more job opportunities. Um, even in some cases, I think the Tutsi kids were allowed to go to school and the Hutu kids were not. Um, and to like sort of solidify the ethnic division between the two groups, the Belgians would even stamp on every Rwandan citizen's ID. They would stamp if they were either Hutu or Tutsis. Um, as you can imagine, this builds up years and years of resentment towards the Tutsis by the Hutus. Even though it wasn't necessarily the Tutsis who were pushing this sort of societal structure that saw them heavily favoured. Um, eventually, in 1962, Rwanda gained independence from the Belgians and there were years and years of political instability to follow and to sort of skip a chunk of the story and fast forward to 1994, the the death of the then Rwandan president in a plane crash triggered a, a turn of events that will forever be ingrained in Rwanda's history, which involved the... Horrific mass killing of the Tutsi people by the Hutu people. Um, it was truly heartbreaking and completely unimaginable that something like this could happen. Um, it was recorded that as many as one million Tutsi, Tutsi people were murdered. There were mil- millions more affected. Uh, I know there was definitely a large population of Tutsis who had to flee Rwanda. And yeah, quite quite remarkable for me. the The worst thing about it was that it was neighbors killing neighbors. It was friends killing friends, and even in some scenarios, it was family members killing family members. Um, all off the back of propaganda, propaganda, and this sort of ethnic division that was manufactured by the the Belgian colony. Um, yeah, so it was obviously quite confronting to learn about, but places like this are so important, I feel, 
not only to pay respect to the victims, but just to educate the people so something of this nature never happens again. Um, on a lighter note, one of the cool things that Jez and I did in Rwanda was rent a car for the day and road trip up to a place called Mount Kabuya to go on a hike. Um, so the drive was about an hour and a half and it was absolutely, it was absolutely bliss in, in typical Rwandan fashion. The drive was very, very hilly and mountainous and we were constantly met with 360 degree views. Uh, I remember one distinct moment where I was in the driver's seat and we had one of the new Chili Peppers song songs on, uh, I think it was Eddie, uh, and we had incredible views in every which direction. And I, I remember being quite present in the moment and just thinking that it doesn't get much better than this. Um, so we got to where we thought the entrance of Mount Kabuya was and we were met by a group, of gro- a, group, a group of guys who ran up to us who pretty much spoke zero English. But we could make out that I was trying to say that we'd have to pay a small fee for the security of the car and that one of their guys, Eric, would be coming along with us to act as a tour guide. So we thought, no dramas, let's do it. Um, So we commenced the hike up Mount Kabuya and right from the get-go, it was truly special. She was steep as hell, don't get me wrong, but nonetheless, extremely, extremely beautiful. There's a big village who, a big village of people who live in and on Mount Kabuya. So as you walk up the trail, you get to see hi to the beautiful people who live a very nomadic life, I will say. Um, There was actually a school as well that we passed whilst going on the hike, and luckily enough for us, it was either recess or lunchtime. So as we passed a group of, I would say, maybe 30 or even 40 little Rwandan children ran up to us to say hi, and they were yelling and smiling and, and laughing, and yeah, it was just amazing. It was a very, very pure interaction for, for Jez and I. Um, I'll definitely be posting a photo or a few photos of that encounter up on the Instagram. Um, but I must admit, Jez and I pussy out a little bit, and we didn't quite make it to the top of Mount Kabuya which was a bit of a hit to our ego, especially because on a few occasions we would see elderly local women uh, well into their 60s or even their 70s just glide up the hills with ease. They'd also be holding like bundles of sticks and rocks and that type of thing. So here we were to supposedly fit 23-year-olds who couldn't even make it to the top whilst these old weapon women were were strolling up there. Um, even our tour guide, Eric, who was sporting a tattered old pair of thongs and some jeans, didn't seem to be phased at all by the hills of, of Mount Kabuya. Um, I guess it's because just they're home and they're used to it and they're just accustomed to that way that way of... Of living in the in the climate, um, so yeah, seeing that definitely knocked us down a peg. But um, yeah, in all, trekking out Mount Kabuya was was amazing, and I definitely recommend if you ever going to Rwanda. And yeah, uh, just another quick story I have for you on that whole day trip and that day in general. We actually got pulled over by police while driving back from Mount Kabuya. So Jez was driving. 
And out of nowhere, we saw this light flash up and we'd been warned before a few times that there were lots of speed cameras in Rwanda. So straight away that we knew that we'd been done for speeding. So we sort of continued driving and honestly about another 100 metres up the road, we got ushered in by two Rwandan policemen. Straight away, I thought that us getting pulled over was somehow linked to the speeding camera that had gone off. And to be honest, I'm still not sure if it was or not. But in any, in any other African country, if you get pulled over by the police, you can pretty much lock yourself in to having to pay some sort of bribe. Um, so in my mind, I'd already accepted that we would be parting ways with some sort of, of fee and money. Um, but we got pulled over and we chatted to the first policeman who was actually quite friendly. He asked for our names and where we we're from and where we we're going. He then had a look at Jess's license, um, which was fine. And then finally he asked us for the car insurance for the car that we had had hired. Um, to answer this, we had no idea where the, the car insurance documentation was. And we sort of, sort of told him that it was a high car and then we weren't sure where it was located. And then in this moment, I thought for sure the fact that we couldn't show him any insurance documents, that this was his way to swindle some money out of us. After a few seconds of us searching for the car, the policeman just sort of said, that's okay, guys, I'll, I'll let you on, our way, on your way, which was so crazy for something like this to happen in Africa. Um, because as I said before, yeah, anywhere else you'd feel in Africa you're going to get asked for a bribe of some sort. So... This definitely, this encounter definitely said a lot about Rwanda to me. Um, obviously, they've got quite a fair and just police force, which isn't always the case in many other African countries, uh, which I guess also means that the people in power are doing the right things. To have a system whereby the policemen don't have to seek out bribes and I guess they're getting paid enough just to, yeah, just look after their people and, and do the right thing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool to see that, yeah, we were, were sent on our way. Um, the craziest thing about Rwanda to me was to see how far they've come. So the genocide was in 1994, which was less than 30 years ago. So the fact that they've been able to grow and progress and to be such a safe and well-structured and fair country, it's a beautiful place to travel to. It's just remarkable given that there was a mass killing of, of an ethnic group less than 30 years ago. Um, we were told on many occasions that Rwanda's uprise over the past few decades can be attributed to their current president, Paul Kagame, who we're told that just does the right thing by his people and is very pro-Rwanda and has a no-bullshit sort of approach to governance and, yeah, has been able to create a country that, yeah, is really prosperous and does really well for themselves. Rwanda was a great example of an African country that when, just to show, I guess, that when an African country has the right people in government and stable systems in force. It just flows down to the rest of the country that offers, I guess, honest police and structures and support support systems that really, yeah, just lets a, a country grow and, and improve. Uh, so, yeah, Rwanda, extremely interesting country. 
to explore and very unique, I, I reckon, for an African country. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Rwanda if you get the chance in the future. To conclude, and for the last time, back to my three checkpoints from the start of the episode. So first we have cost, and I speak in Australian dollars. Um, by way of flights, Jez and I didn't actually fly into Rwanda. Instead, we took the bus from Kabale, which is a town in the south of Uganda. Although, as I've said in my last few episodes, the $3,000 return is about the starting point I'd use to get to East Africa from Australia at the minute. Um, And just another point I'll add there, Jez is a bit of a master when it comes to finding flights and the best routes whilst traveling. So he actually worked out that it was quite cost effective to fly from East Africa to Europe rather than East Africa back to Australia. Um, So Jez ended up getting a flight from Kigali in Rwanda to London for around $500. Um, so if time is on your side and a trip to East Africa is on the cards, who knows, maybe you could marry it up with a little stint in Euro, um, for our accommodation in Kigali, like 99% of the trip, we went there Airbnb road, um, when we were looking for accommodation in Rwanda, we actually found that there weren't as many options as there were in Kenya and Uganda. Uh, nonetheless, it was still equally equally as affordable. Uh, so the place that we end up staying in set us back around $35 a night, um, two bedrooms, uh, kitchen, lounge room, all that good stuff. Uh, for transport, like in Kampala, Bora Bora rides were our weapon of choice in Kigali. Um, not that it's going to move the needle a huge deal, although I actually found the Bora Bora rides in Rwanda were even cheaper than they were in Uganda, so they were around the $1 to $2.00. Mark, um, I guess the the good, honest Bora Bora drivers of Rwanda's did seem to sell themselves short a little bit there. So we'd always make sure to give them a little bit of extra juice just to get them through the day. Um, As discussed before, we hired a car for the day, which I believe was around the $60 mark. And it was definitely, definitely worth the money. We had a blast going up to Mount Kabuya and... Just the freedom of having a car for the day was was really nice. Um, for food, for food, I actually found that in Rwanda that it may have been a touch pricier than the food in Kenya and Uganda. And this could have been completely influenced by the fact that Jez and I did decide to treat ourselves to a few nice dinners in Rwanda. Um, I've always bashed fine dining. I, I've just preferred one big hearty meal over five or six little ones because even if you get one or two nice courses in, in a fine dining setup, they're often too small to enjoy. Um, but why I say that is the last restaurant in Kigali that we went to called uh, Narua. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, this changed my my view on fine dining. So we got, for around $50, we got a three-course meal with a beautiful steak for the main, um, including some drinks as well, which cost us, yeah, cost us 50 bucks. And the equivalent to that meal in Australia would have been at least triple the amount. Um, 
So it was pretty crazy, and that's definitely changed my view on fine dining. Uh, for activities, so entry into the Genocide Memorial was free, although Jez and I opted to rent a device with a headset on it that sort of guided us through the memorial and went into depth about the history. Uh, this cost us $30.00. Uh, for Mount Kabuya, we were under the impression there wasn't a fee for actually hiking up the mountain. Although, we were, of course, going to pay Eric, our guide. We were set on doing that. But after getting back down from doing the hike, we were met at the bottom by the same guys who were looking after the security of our car. Um, and they were now accompanied by a short pudgy Rwanda man who could speak English um, and he seemed friendly enough although he started to tell us about the different services that the tour company that he worked for offered and we were sort of like yeah that's awesome mate uh, we'll be sure to tell our fr- all our friends for, for next time um, and then the guy whipped out a laminated bit of paper that had a list of different prices on it and he went on to tell us that we would have to actually pay a fee for the hike that we had Already completed, even though the fee definitely wasn't communicated to us beforehand. Um, So after some robust debate, we finally sort of gave in. I think we ended up paying him like $10 each, so it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, Anyway, for cost, I give Rwanda a 7.4. The reason why it's slightly less of a score than Kenya and Uganda is, as I said, I found the the food maybe a bit pricier. and if we had, if we would have done the gorilla trekking in Rwanda, it would have cost us a lot more for the permits. So for safety, we have safety next. The the safety in Rwanda was incredible, and it's actually a selling point of the country as a whole. Um, Rwanda is definitely one of the safest countries in Africa, and I think it even compares on a global way, on a global scale. Um, so yeah, you can walk around at night, no dramas, and yeah, a good, a good example of the safety in Kenya, not Kenya, in Rwanda was our interaction with the police. Uh, so yeah, they just let us go about our business, which wouldn't have happened in lots of other African countries. So for safety, I give Rwanda a nine, two. Last up, we have experience. So Rwanda was so much fun. But having, having done Uganda and Kenya beforehand, there wasn't a heap of other things that we could do that we hadn't done already. Um, so the genocide memorial was obviously an experience that is worthwhile and was um, really important to do. The Mount Kabuya was awesome. We loved that. Um, in Kigali, what I actually really enjoyed were the cafes and restaurants. That was an aspect of the Kigali life that I... Um, yeah, had fun exploring. So the cafes especially, and I'm dirty on myself because I haven't had, I haven't touched on this throughout the, the series yet, but coffee was one of the main things Jez and I looked for when going to each of the three countries um, as I'd been a bit deprived of good coffee in Somaliland. So the coffee in Rwanda was really decent and we actually found two really – Cool cafes that definitely felt of the calibre of the Melbourne cafe scene. Uh, all in all, I give Rwanda a 7-7 for experience. Um, so, my friends, some final words to wrap up this episode and to wrap up the three-part series as a whole. 
The first thing I would say is don't be fooled. Um, Africa is not what you think it is. So there's obviously you've obviously got to pick your spots. Like um, we didn't go anywhere near Congo, for example. But the media do a good job at pushing the narrative that all of Australia is really all of sorry Africa is really unsafe. Or it's just simply not a place that many people would think to travel to. Um, but it's just such an incredible place with incredible people. Like the people are so lovely and cute. Uh, I didn't speak about the, I haven't spoken about this yet, but whenever you would muck up or make a mistake in any way, like say for example, you spilt some tomato sauce down the front of your shirt, the, the people... The locals would like apologize to you. They'll go, oh, sorry, 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 even though it was completely your doing. Um, so, yeah, the people are lovely. You can experience some incredibly unique things whilst you're over there. Um, it's just an eye, a huge eye-opener to see how people on the other side of the world live because, yeah, we sometimes can be stuck in our little box and it's hard to imagine what goes on in other places in the world. Um and at least in my in my view, you just become a lot more of an interesting person if you've travelled to Africa. Um, before I go, if you're interested in the route Jez and I took specifically, so the East African visa is a game changer. So we didn't realise that this was the case, but the exact three countries that we decided to travel to, so Kenya, Uganda and Rwanda, were the exact three countries that were included in the East African visa. So yeah, just made it really easy. We just needed to get one visa and that carried through 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 carried through to all the three countries um yeah that will do me my friends but i really really hope you've enjoyed these episodes um even if east africa or africa isn't the travel destination for you i hope that at least you've got uh i guess a bit of a better feel for africa the three countries that we went to and maybe even learn a thing or two. Um, as always, if you've got any questions, please feel free to shoot me a message. We'll be more than happy to help out, um, especially if you're that one individual who is going to help me achieve my goal of giving at least one person a nudge towards traveling to Africa. Um, Finally, I've got no data to back this up, but all of my favorite podcasters throw it out there. Um, if all you lovely people could could subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and also give it a rating on Spotify, that would be a huge help into getting this thing off the ground and I would appreciate it massively. Um, Thank you again for listening to this episode and on the off chance that you managed to get through all three episodes, an even bigger thank you. Um, next week's episode, I'll definitely be joined by a guest, so rest assured it won't be my ratchety old voice rambling on. Um, that'll do me, my friends. Love ya. Peace.